1: Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast, birthday edition. For those of you that are listening, yesterday was my birthday, so maybe hashtag happy birthday, Johnny, in the mentions. We are now joined by a very good friend of the show, the number two prospect flamethrower for the Baltimore Orioles. It's my guy, Grayson Rodriguez. How are you, Grayson?
2: I'm good, man. How are you? Happy late birthday.
1: Thank you, man. No, it's great. I mean, the birthday, I'll be honest with you, the birthday was started off terrible because yesterday I went to the Jays Yankees game to watch my guy, Jameson Ty on pitch. Thank by the way, thank you to him for the tickets, by the way. But he absolutely fisted the Toronto Blue Jays. It was a 9 1 fisting, it wasn't ideal, but that's just enough about me. We ought to go into you, man. You're in triple A right now. You're one step closer. God knows when that call is going to be happening, but you're one step closer. Let's let's get serious for a second. What's the biggest adjustment that you've had to make from double A AA to triple
2: A? Um, you know, I'd
1: say it's just leaving
2: balls over the plate. Um, you know, obviously these these hitters, some guys, you know, have a lot of service time. I mean, you got some older guys down here in triple A, um, you know, some big leaguers. Um, But, yeah, I mean, a lot of older guys, they have a little bit different of approach. You know, they seem a lot more comfortable in the box. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're just they're a lot better players.
1: And what, and this is a dumb question, but where is Norfolk? I didn't do the research on that. Where is that?
2: So it's near Virginia Beach uh, in in Virginia. Um, it's like right there with Suffolk. Um, yeah, like I said, Virginia Beach and then Norfolk's kind of right there in the middle.
1: Is it a lot like what is there to do in Norfolk? Is it like one of those minor league towns that's like a lot of stuff or is it like kind of secluded?
2: Um, no, I mean, I'd say it's a pretty decently sized city. It's, uh, I think it's a big Navy. Base, uh, it's a big military base. So uh, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of I guess you'd say seamen and stuff walking around, naval people. But uh, you know, yeah.
1: Do a lot of those guys come to your games and get after it? Because those guys like to have a couple of drinks. They like to have a good time. Are they coming to the Norfolk Tides games and maybe having a few, watching Grayson Rodriguez pitch?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. A few of them show up. You know, Norfolk draws pretty good. So uh, you know, it's a lot of fun to go play in front of that crowd. Um, You know, I mean, it does pretty well during the week and especially on the weekends.
1: Really? I Because I know, I think it was in double A last year, like your games were all sold out and everyone was like bringing gas cans. Maybe talk about that. What what was going on with the gas can situation here? How could you bring that into a ballpark?
2: Yeah, so I don't know. It kind of started on Twitter, um, you know, the gas cans and stuff uh, for me and DL Hall, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people started bringing the gas cans into the ballpark. You know, obviously, they weren't allowed in the ballpark. Uh, and then, thankfully, uh, that was in Bowie, the Bowie Bay Sox. You know, their front office kind of allowed them to come into the ballpark. And uh, ever since then, you know, fans are bringing gas cans in. Uh, you know, I've signed a few gas cans <laughs> now, uh, something that I thought I'd never do. But, yeah, no, it's it's a blast.
1: It's going to be funny and like, 10 to 15 years once knock on wood, you've solidified yourself in the major leagues, you become a big time name. There is going to be a flood of Grayson Rodriguez gas cans being sold on eBay, like autograph Grayson Rodriguez gas cans. Have you thought about that? That like, that's going to be turning into like an auction item sometime down the road, maybe.
2: Um, you know, I really hadn't thought about it that way, but now that you bring it up, you know, I'm sure there may be a few gas cans on eBay and, uh, you know, people might be scrolling through the web and and not realizing what's, what the heck's going on.
1: (laughs) It's just, it's such a crazy visual and you got to tip your cap to the minor league guys. I, I I generally do think minor league, like the minor league teams know how to market properly because the fact that they were allowing gas cans in is electric. So is that kind of like a, a, the, one of the biggest tire pumps you've ever gotten in terms of like fans just showing love to you, that they're literally bringing gas, pan, gas cans to a minor league baseball game just for you and D.L. Hall, you said?
2: Yeah, no, that was, that was, uh, that was pretty fun. Um, you know, I've never really experienced something like that. But, yeah, I mean, people showing up to the ballpark to see me pitch, uh, bringing something like a gas can, um, you know I mean? It's a lot of fun. Um, it, it helps you throw a little bit harder.
1: Yeah, it's just, and I mean, you put up the stats, man. It's just absolutely electric. And during your time there, and I always ask this to like the big time prospect, stuff like that. I think I asked it to Bryson. What's it, What's the reception like for you before the game? Because obviously you're probably getting absolutely bombarded for autographs. You and Abdi Rutschman, right? How do you deal with like, do you have like some sort of like different exit you go through? Or obviously you don't have to say what the exit is, but what's your approach with that? Because dude, I can't even imagine a massive prospect like you for a team that has a pretty big fan base it must just be crazy right
2: yeah i mean it can get a little tough um you know some ballparks you know they have like kind of like gated entrances and stuff so like the bus will either pull in and drop us off and we don't have to walk through a parking lot um but some places you know that's really not the case it's kind of like you just walk out the door and then there's everybody um I know like it can be tough sometimes. Obviously I love signing autographs. You know, I was a little kid um, going to baseball games and stuff, always trying to get autographs. So it never really bugs me. Uh, I'd say the only time it bugs me is when you can tell like people, they bring out the binder and they have like 20 cards of the same thing. And it's like, okay, well, you don't need me to sign all 20 of them. You know, this doesn't really seem like a, I don't know, like an interaction, like a normal interaction type ordeal. but uh, no you know, I love, I don't mind it when it's kids and stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it can get a little hectic and crazy. at
1: times. The, the adults are the worst. I will say this. The adults are the absolute worst with that shit. Like in my opinion, these are like a couple of rules I have. If you are above the age of, let's say like 25, we'll say 25 and you are collecting multiple autographs by like from like an 18 year old prospect and selling them. You're like, you're just a, like, do you have a rule with that where you'll only sign one of the cards or like, how do you approach that?
2: Yeah. So usually I only sign one, um, just one per person. You know, I always try to make out the name. So, uh, I mean, obviously, like that's what tops and baseball cards are for is trading, you know, selling them, whatever. So it didn't really bother me that much. But yeah, you know, when you get somebody trying to get you to sign five or 10 of the same card, it's like, mm, you know. Yeah, you only need one.
1: Have you gotten into like an interaction with a fan or because like I love these type of stories because obviously some fans have no feel with it, right? Like, have you gone to like a fan that's uh, very aggressive? Like, do you have a funny story about that? Because obviously guys like you and Adley and D.L. Hall, right? Those guys, like you mentioned, are getting bombarded. So have you had like a funny interaction of a fan just continuing to like annoy you or just you don't have to say the obviously you don't have to, like say the name. I'm, I'm assuming you don't even know what the name is. But have you had that type of interaction?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, those people like to get, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily like aggressive hands-on, but yeah, they can say some pretty mean things. Um, you know, like if you're walking, I remember one time last year in Reading, Pennsylvania, yeah. uh, we had some problems. Well, no, where was it? Um, I think it was Somerset, maybe Somerset, okay. uh, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, there there's like a part of the ballpark where, uh, like you have to walk in. Like, like I said, there's no, there's no like protection or anything. And, you know, there was a good bit of people there um, and me and Adley were walking and we really wouldn't sign anything. We wouldn't stop. And uh, you know, there were some people yelling some pretty nasty stuff at us, but it's kind of crazy. Cause like, I mean, obviously there's kids around and stuff and like the kids don't need to be hearing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I said, it's older people, and uh, they held a pretty funny comment at Adley, which obviously made us both mad. But looking back on it, it was pretty funny.
1: What did they but, say? Like, uh, you, you could blurt the swear words, but what did they say to Adley? Because I, I'm just so intrigued and like amazed by some of the shit people say. Like that's what this podcast was made for.
2: Well, this dude kept sitting there screaming at him that he was a D-bag. So uh, <laughs> for not for not stopping and signing. And then, of course, both of us, you know, are, are pretty mad at the moment. But as soon as we get in the locker room, we just couldn't stop laughing. So for the rest of the week, the rest of the week, that's all we talked about.
1: It's crazy, dude. Like, And obviously, that's a good story. Do you have, like, interactions with you where – um, you've had to, like, say no to a fan because they've been there, like, three or four times in a series and just continue to ask you for shit and, like, get in, the, like, the way of kids and stuff? Like, have you had that type of stuff happen to you?
2: Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, <laughs> every day, every day walking into the ballpark, um, I forget where we were at, but uh, I mean, like, you can kind of tell, like, if you look at faces, like, obviously those same people come back every day. They're called like card sharks. So... Um, but this one guy, I mean, it was like the third day I think I'd signed something for him in a row. And um, he was yelling at me to sign something again. And I said, man, I said, haven't I already got you? I said, I got you yesterday. And he's like, no, he's like, no, that wasn't me. I said, no, I got you yesterday, the day before that. And then on Tuesday, I said, I've seen you every day he's like, no, he's like, you got me confused with somebody else. I mean, like it was something out of a movie. And then the following day, that next day, there he is again. And then he tries to tell me how he's got like season tickets or something so that I may be seeing him every day. And I'm like, OK, look, well, if you've got season tickets or whatever, that's cool, man. You know, come to the ballpark every day. So but don't keep asking me for autographs every single day after I've already given you three
1: dude it's awesome those people really have no feel like the zach hamples of the world those type of guys it's like at some point you just gotta like sit back and be like all right i've gotten 40 grayson rodriguez autographs here like i've literally i can i could buy i could probably forge this dude's signature i've gotten it so many times i just memorized this and this is what it like this is what i'm resorting to just doing it again it's it's crazy to me but Have you had fans, I'm just like I said, I'm so fascinated. Have you had fans like ask you for just the most random shit? Like, can I have your glove or like just like a hat or anything like that? Yeah,
2: no. I mean, people all the time, like especially when the games are over and stuff. Can I have your glove? Can I have your helmet? Can I have your bat? Which obviously I'm not a hitter, but, (laughs) you know, kids will ask you for your glove. And it's like, you look around and you're like, well, I've only got one of these and I'm about (laughs) to have to pitch a ball game. So I don't understand what you want me to do without a glove. But, yeah, I mean, obviously the kids don't know what they're really talking about. But, yeah, it's kind of funny because it's like, you know, they, they, they beg you for balls. The, sitting in the bullpen can be the funnest thing in the world but can also be the worst because kids are just lined up around the railing, and the whole time they just yell and pester you for balls obviously their parents won't do anything about it because they're at the ball game or whatever. And their, their parents think it's normal, but it just wears you out as a player with and kids, just asking for balls.
1: It does part of you. Like will never go to the bullpen. If it, if like, for instance, you're playing in like Chicago, like Wrigley field where the bullpen is legit pretty much in the stand. Like you're sitting in the stands. Like you're just right on the field. It does part of you. Like, man, there is no shot. Although the morale, I will say this, and you did mention it kind of earlier. Morale in the bullpen's elite. Like you just saw all the boys there shooting the shit, having a good time. The fans though, like, are you a bullpen guy when you're not starting or what where what what's your approach there? Um,
2: you know, it kind of depends on the manager that you're playing for. You know, some of them kind of want the pitchers just out of the dugout in general if you're not gonna throw. Um, so yeah, you'll go sit in the bullpen, or some guys, you know, really want their starters in the dugout. Um You know, to me, it's really about convenience. Uh if I can make it if I can make trips to the clubhouse and get snacks or something in the middle of the game, then I'm in the dugout. But uh no, I mean it just kind of depends on the manager. Um, you know, obviously, like you're saying, some of the best stories are told in the bullpen. So uh no, it's definitely a fun place.
1: It's just so electric, man. Like that's that's why I played baseball. Obviously, for those of you like the loyal listeners, they know I was absolutely dog shit at baseball, but they know that I was like a top five morale guy. Like, that's what I live for. Just being in the dugout, having not to worry about going into the batter's box or playing the game, which might somebody say is a bad mindset to have, but I was just there for the vibes and just to be with the guys. Like, it's just the greatest thing of all time. And you mentioned snacks here. I got to talk about this because AAA, obviously, you get like the prime of the prime snacks before obviously the show. What has been the best... This is a great question. Credit to me, by the way. What has been the best snacks park? Like the best place you visited where it's like... These guys got, like, the sour cream Pringles here. Like, these guys got the elite shit.
2: Yeah, so uh, it'd be where we are right now. That's Nashville, Tennessee, uh, wow. Nashville Sounds. So we got – so yesterday was Tuesday, first game of the series. So we roll into the ballpark. And now this, like you're saying, this is this is elite of the minor league side, right? Because minor league baseball is pretty much just a terrible thing. Yeah. Facilities, yeah, all for that sure. stuff. So they have – so normally, like – you get for post-game and pre-game spreads there's like just kind of a counter in the locker room that's where the that's where the food gets put this place has an actual food room like an actual yeah so there's like there's three tables with chairs a tv i mean everything in there i walk we walked in there and i mean you know like the 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 chip rack at subway (laughs) they have one of those in there so that's how you know it's like a better place right so the chip rack pretty much did it in from you know moment one when we walked in there you know everything from jalapeno chips cheddar chips sour cream and onion i mean everything um and then a fully stocked fridge with everything they even had propel in there like the like the electrolyte water really yeah i mean it's it's detailed you know they've got it down pat over there but uh No, yeah, this is definitely the best place for the snacks. You know, Nutri-Grain bars, granola bars, everything.
1: So when you're not starting and you're just like, you know it's going to be like a chill day for you, are you just going to town on the snacks? I would just be having a field day there.
2: So I'm a big sunflower seed guy. And uh, recently, so we just left uh, Gwinnett, which is right outside of Georgia, the Braves affiliate. Yeah. The grounds crew there had these sunflower seeds that were these Chinese sunflower seeds um, looked a lot different and were coconut flavor. What? Um, they were the, yeah, it's, it's crazy looking, you know, but they were the absolute best sunflower seeds we've ever eaten. Like the seed was crisp and crunchy and they're called cha-cha seeds. And, uh, like, you know, like I said, they have like the Chinese writing all over the, the packaging and stuff, but, uh, that, I mean, hands down the best sunflower seeds and they're coconut flavor. And, uh, so coming here to to nashville i I amazon and ordered 20 boxes of them (laughs) and uh so we've got this huge box that's just sitting in my locker and everybody's just coming and going grabbing the chinese sunflower seeds so that's what we've been smacking on right now Uh, but it's been phenomenal
1: is this it are those yeah Okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that, is fu- that is so funny, dude. Just, I love it. I mean, you're, you're like the designated snack guy now. Like that, the only thing is that kind of sucks about you being such a class act and ordering those sunflower seeds is now everyone's going to kind of turn to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're going to turn to you for the snacks. They're going to be like, all right, Grayson, what do we got next road trip? Like what, like you got a top it now you started out at the top. Like you said, the best sunflower seeds. Now you kind of designated yourself as the snack guy and you have to one up yourself next week. So like, how do how is that going to be approached? Because you just started off way too hot.
2: Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be tough to top, you know, obviously one of our catchers, Jacob Nottingham, uh, who's had some big league time, but, uh, he, uh, he bought up three bags of the high chew candies. So we had those in the dugout as well last night. Uh, obviously the boys won seven to four, but, you know, we're going to keep it rolling. So, obviously, it's the sunflower seeds and the high shoes that are keeping it
1: going right now. That's so electric. I mean, I, like I said, I, you just happen to be like – I'll always say people are common man. You're a common man. You're just like me. Not, not an athletic standpoint, but you're just like the normal human being who enjoys to be with the boys, one. You enjoy to be a snack guy on your off days and you just happen to throw 98 plus like that's just what you do. Like that's the greatest description I could possibly come up with for you, which it just happens to be the greatest thing of all time. So I got to tip my cap to you for that. But so I'm assuming the morale for for the Norfolk Tides are just elite. like the vibes in the locker room. Like are all is this one of the closest teams you've been with? Obviously, Adley's not Adley's not there yet, but I mean, the boys are elite.
2: Yeah. So, uh, our manager, Buck Britton, um, who's a phenomenal guy, obviously his brother is Zach Britton. Um, you know, a lot of people know much about him, but you know, Buck is a phenomenal manager. Um, you know, he's a, he's a player manager. It's somebody yeah. that you want to be with, you want to play for. Um, I was fortunate enough to have him last year in Bowie as well. So he moved up obviously a level with us this year, but, um, so after each win they have, well, we ha- we have a hammer ceremony and, uh, you know, the locker room, the lights go out, um, and <laughs> Thunderstruck's playing on the speakers, and he, and he comes out, he comes out with a Thor hammer, and it's like the player of the game is who gets the hammer, and, uh, you know, so last year, that was a whole big ordeal that we had, and, uh, you know, it got a lot of fun, you know, everybody obviously gets into it, and then Double A is kind of like that last level of like younger guys, like obviously triple A guys are kind of up and down out of the big leagues. There's a lot of established guys, older guys, um, who really aren't into that kind of stuff. And this year in Norfolk, so we do the same thing. So after each win, uh, we have the hammer ceremony and everything. Well, now we've put a lot of money into it, into the clubhouse. So in Norfolk, after the game's over, you walk through the tunnel up into the clubhouse, the doors are open. The lights are off. Well, we have lasers like a nightclub. Then the lasers are going everywhere like a disco and stuff. And I actually, I bought a fog machine on Amazon. <laughs> so now, now Buck walks out of the hallway with the hammer. But you can't see him because the fog machine starts blowing fog everywhere. And he comes out of the fog. Uh, Obviously the Thunderstruck plan and it's, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, You know, I know all of our big league players and coaches are wanting to see it too. Um, So somebody videoed last week uh, and you know they the, the big league team got to see it but uh, it's it's one of the most special things i've ever been a part
1: of do you think like the big league team has like fomo with that like i kind of want to go to triple a to just experience that because that's electric like i i have fomo and i'm not even like a part anywhere near norfolk or associated with the organization i'm like i would die to be a part of that just for once so do you think the big league guys or maybe even oddly because oddly's not there yet right right do you think oddly's like all right like I, they need to speed this shit up. I need to go to Norfolk yesterday.
2: Yeah, no, um, you know, obviously a lot of people are wanting to see it. They're curious about it. Um, it to experience it is one thing, and it, you know, it's something else. But obviously, I'm not doing it justice just by talking about it. But, uh, but no, you know, I'm sure those big league guys are curious. But also, it's the big league. so yeah. uh, that kind of sets it apart.
1: How has and you mentioned there's a lot of big league guys on your team, or like guys that have big league time. Have some you you mentioned the stories as well and stuff like that have they told you what it's like up there? Like just how different it is, like just the the layout you guys have, the access to so much things, the hotels are staying at, have they talked to that about you and like try to prepare you for that?
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously to to say the differences uh, are the food, Um, you know, obviously one of my, one of my really good buddies and the place for the Orioles, it's in the big leagues, you know, they were in New York last week, which is obviously one of the best spots, uh, the Yankee stadium. But, you know, we were, I forget where we were at. Um, our, our food after the game was just terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. It looked like prison food almost. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there with our strength coach and I was like, I wonder what the big league team's eating today. So I texted my buddy. I said, Hey, what are y'all eating after the game? He said, You don't want to know. I said, Well, why is that? He said, Seriously, you don't want to know. I said, Well, send me a picture of it. They had steak, they had, well, it's filet mignon. <laughs> and they had chicken and they had like a salmon or something they had like all kinds of meats and then they had sushi and they had like chicken alfredo i mean like everything Jesus, you could imagine man. and uh so we were just sitting there laughing about it because i mean literally it's anything you want up there
1: oh, man not just i and and the hotels too like i went to go see uh i sometimes when obviously friends of the podcast come to toronto i go see them and stuff like that and the hotel they have, you guys, and I'm, you're going to probably experience it soon, too, is in Toronto, they stay at the Four Seasons, I believe it is. And, I, like, I went in there in the lobby to pick someone up, uh, one of the friends of the show up, and I was like, this is, like, this is a castle. Like, this is, like, the craziest hotel I've ever seen in my life. And we searched how much it is at night. It's three seventy five a night to stay. It's a It's a five-star, obviously, but... It's like you guys are staying in the top of the top hotels. It's just an incredible experience, especially if you're not pitching that series. You're just there to be there. It's, it's electric. Right.
2: No, I mean, yeah, that's like you're saying, Toronto, that's word on the street is that's one of the best spots in the show. So, uh, you know, hopefully we find out here pretty soon.
1: Yeah, hopefully we do. And then obviously I'll be there for you. I'm there for all the guest friends of the show. I will be, like I said out yesterday, credit to me, as much as I hate the Yankees, I was there as a neutral Neutral guest of Jamison Tyone watching him pitch because he sent me the tickets. So I'll be the same way for you. I'm not going to cheer the Jays. The Jays will be dead to me when you're on the mound. And then when you're done, they get next day, and that's it. I'm a Jays guy again. But like I said, I ride for the friends of the show. But is that so? That is so. That's what you said though, right? You said that, um, the like Rogers Center in Toronto is one of the most highly talked about like places to visit. Is that like just like a league wide thing or just within the Orioles organization?
2: No, I think it's league wide, um, you know, obviously hearing that from the Orioles players, but definitely the hotel, um, you know, just kind of the experience, you know, Toronto's a little bit different, uh, you know, getting into Canada and stuff, but, you know, everybody loves it. Uh, I think that's one of the best places to play. You know, it's one that definitely I think most people talk about the most. So, yeah,
0: the best way to learn a language immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash blue wire spelled dot com slash blue wire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: That fires me up to even hear that because you just like to see it because obviously I take pride in it and it's like every single guy that comes on here pretty much like Adam Frazier even said it. He said he's excited because I'm going to be seeing him in like two weeks. I think it is. They're here May 19th or something like that. But um, yeah, they all love it. So it's going to be sick to see, but So what is, like, the nicest – besides Nashville, we're talking – you talked about Nashville. What's, like, the nicest AAA city you visited besides Nashville?
2: Um, So, you know, I've obviously been in AAA uh, this year only. So, let's see, we went to Gwinnett and Atlanta, and then the first one was Scranton, Pennsylvania. That (laughs) one was a little dark, uh, but – No, I definitely say Nashville so far, Um, you know, obviously Nashville is a pretty cool place Um, driving to the ballpark. It's pretty close to Nissan stadium where the Titans play. Um, That's pretty cool, but I'd say definitely, you know, this is probably going to be the best place that that we're going to come to.
1: It's, it sucks because obviously like let's say hypothetically a guy just gets called up to AAA this week and that this is their first experience AAA baseball they probably think that this place is like the creme the the cream to the creme to the creme, de creme like it's just your police thing in Nashville have you got an opportunity during your off day to like see the strip and like see all the bars like the country bar and stuff like that because you're a big country guy you said right
2: yeah oh yeah no not yet you know I've got family coming in this weekend so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for them to do that but uh no yeah we'll be we'll be going around a lot trying to trying out all the different restaurants and place and, and you know, seeing some country music.
1: And uh, I think Nashville has like, I think their stadium's pretty nice too. No, it's like one of the nicest in the minors. Yeah,
2: no, the stadium is definitely pretty nice. Um, the jumbotron and right fields like a big guitar. It's pretty cool.
1: That's uh, crazy. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Really?
2: Yeah. You need to, yeah. When you get a chance, you need to look it up. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's pretty unique. Um, yeah. It's like a whole, I mean, it's, Obviously, it's one of a kind. So uh, it's it's a big video board that's in the shape of a guitar.
1: I got a request for you. So you got to do this, dude. So I'm assuming you guys are there until Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. You got to go to a Nashville Predators playoff hockey game. I don't know if you're a big hockey guy, by the way. I I, I don't know if you are, but you will be after going to this game. I, I I sometimes will watch the videos of the stadium and just like their playoff videos. It is a madhouse. Like I have even chills just even thinking about it. You ha- I don't know if your family's hockey guys or anything like that. You have to go to a National Predators playoff game. It is crazy. And it just fills with country music stars there, too. It's insane.
2: Yeah, that's what we were talking about last night in the dugout, actually. We were like, uh, I'm throwing Saturday, and I think that's the first playoff
1: game. Yeah, so you'll be able so to we go t- after
2: yeah we were talking about uh, we were talking about what the crowd situation would be like because Nashville, I mean last night there was a pretty, pretty good crowd and it was Tuesday night. So usually Tuesdays and Wednesdays are the worst nights, but uh, you know there's quite a bit of people there. But, yeah. yeah, we knew that we knew that they're having a hockey game coming up and stuff. And, you know, there's some guys that are going to try to go. But, you know, definitely depending on the game, I don't know if it's going to work out.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure because I know they play – I believe they play Saturday and then they play Monday. So, you won't be able to go to the Monday game. But, yeah, dude, it is it is a crazy atmosphere. So, you're pitching Saturday. Um, I mean, obviously the strikeouts are there for you. I believe you have 33 punchies and in 21 innings and stuff like that. What's been going right for you so far this year? Like, what, what pitches or is your fastball velo up? Like, what's going on here?
2: Yeah, um, you know, I'd say fastball velo is kind of average right now. Obviously, it's been cold. Um, so, it's not up triple digits, you know, like it was in the middle of the summer last year. Um, obviously, you know, we start getting into the summer months and it starts warming up. Obviously, that'll come back. But, uh, you know, just being able to mix pitches. Last week was kind of a tough week. You know, we gave up some runs. Um, the strikeouts were still there. But, you know, it just kind of seemed like I was kind of, you know, the ball was getting put in play a little bit more than usual. Um, you know, it was kind of a tough week for us and all. But, uh, no, I mean, definitely, you know, being able to throw, I think I think a cutter. Um, you know, I started throwing a cutter a couple of years ago, um, threw it a lot last year. Um, and so far this year, we've, pretty, we've used it pretty heavily. And I think, you know, that's been something uh, so far that's kind of made the difference.
1: And obviously this year you're in A, and I mentioned you're one step closer to the show. Have you kind of – like, because like I said, you were a high school guy, right? So you've been in the minors for a pretty good amount of time. Have you got that kind of chance – and this is a question I usually ask. Have you gotten that chance to kind of sit back and be like, holy shit, I'm literally – one call away from making like a major league debut something i've dreamed about since i was a kid because it's crazy man you're literally in triple a right now it's like you're playing with guys i played in the show against guys i played in the show so it has to be like some sort of reality check that like man i am unbelievably close to something that's i dreamed of as i was a kid
2: yeah no i mean i think about it all the time um obviously and i try to not think about it too you know it's kind of i don't know it's kind of sweet and sour um obviously you know you you're close. Um, and, and it's easy to get lazy or it's easy to get worried about, you know, when you're going to get called up or whatnot, you know, obviously it's in the organization's control. Um, but you know, you just got to go out and you got to pitch every day, but it's, it's nice knowing that you're close. You know, obviously, like you said, the facilities are starting to get a lot better, uh, places you're playing, the hotels are a lot nicer. Obviously it's not the show, but, um, you know, you can definitely tell that you're close, but, uh, it's right now it's all about keeping focus.
1: Do you look around that minor league system for the Orioles and be like, because I do, and I'm obviously a Jays fan. I'm kind of scared of it and be like, man, in a couple of years, this team is going to be, I mean, just ridiculous. Even if some of the prospects pan out and some don't like you were talking like you, Ali Rutschman, DL Hall, like you're, these aren't bums. You have an organization. So especially as you play in there, do you look around and be like, man, this team, if, if we can come up all together is going to be some sort of something that's really, really special.
2: Yeah, no. Um, you know, this year in spring training, uh, once big league camp started, you know, Michael eyes gets up and he kind of gives a little speech, um, you know, what he's looking for and stuff. And you know, this year obviously the Orioles are in a rebuilding state. Um, you know, a lot of uh I guess a lot of uh, you know, time goes into the minor league system, the guys we've got down here. Um, you know, but he was saying that, you know, a lot of guys are going to have the ability to come up this year, uh, make debuts. And, uh, you know, when this whole rebuilding thing ends, a switch is going to flip and it's going to, it's going to flip fast. And it's going to turn, you know, obviously the Orioles aren't spending a lot of money right now, but uh, you know, when we start trying to win, that's, it's going to completely do a one eighty, And And uh, you know, we expect to be right there at the top of the division and completing playoff spots. Um, but, you know, I'm
1: excited about it. And how good, I think I asked you this last time I had you on, but how good is is Abby Rutschman? Like, does the ball just fly off his back different, like seeing him as a teammate day in and day out? Like, what makes him so good? Like, the number one prospect in baseball, obviously, but what makes him so good?
2: Um, you know, I'd say the consistency. Um, I'd say when he steps up to the plate, you know, you expect something big to happen. Um, and I obviously got to play with him for a large portion of the year last year. And then in 2019, obviously – Uh, during COVID at the alt site, um, you know, he's a phenomenal guy, you know, but an even better baseball player. Um, It's, it's just insane to watch him. You know, obviously a switch hitting catcher doesn't come around that much. Catchers are typically, you know, hitting at the bottom of the lineup, you know, they're not really expected to hit for average. Um, You know, Adley's going to be hitting right there around 300 uh, with a lot of power, a lot of walks. I'd say last year, what was most impressive was, you know, obviously you see his homers, you see his doubles, base hits, whatever. But I think we were at the all-star break halfway through the season and he had more walks and strikeouts. Wow. Uh, that's something that, uh, you know, that I think kind of the Orioles preach is controlling the zone. Um, and he does a really good job of it. Uh, obviously during the COVID alt I, you know, I didn't like him that much because I think he <laughs> took me deep two or three times, uh, in live ABs. Uh, he's kind of got my number, but, uh, No, it's definitely fun throwing to him. You know, obviously, you get a runner on first or second, and there's a little part of you that wants that runner to steal because you know that he's probably going to throw him out. Um, And that's something you don't have to worry about. You know, like, as a pitcher, you know, honestly, when I'm up there, I'm hoping the guy on first tries to swipe second because it's just going to be another out.
1: Yeah, he's just so impressive, man, especially looking at it from far away. But And you mentioned control what you can control, and i got to bring this up because I think it's getting implemented with you guys next week. What are your thoughts on this whole robot umpire shit, pitch clock stuff, all that type of stuff? Because Tucker Davidson was tweeting the other day that it's just eyewash. Like it just it doesn't make any sense. The the pitch clock doesn't even give you time to kind of grasp like the task at hand and what you're doing, and it ruins people's momentum and all that kind of stuff. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, you're gonna get me sweating, but I absolutely hate the pitch clock. I think it is terrible. I mean it it's taken away from the game of baseball. Yeah, it so, is. So like what so. I mean, obviously, we want to speed up the game. You know, I think there's other ways we can do that. But the pitch clock, I know right now, I think it's like 15 seconds or 14 seconds. So, like, from the time that the ball touches your glove from the catcher, that clock starts. And I think what some people don't know, like, because it can either go two ways. It can be an automatic strike on the hitter or an automatic ball on the pitcher. So, the pitcher has 14 seconds to deliver the ball. And that's including getting signs and everything, and then the hitter has until, like, up until the clock hits nine seconds, he has to be in the box, or else it's an automatic strike. And Jesus as and, and being a pitcher, it's tough because obviously with all the sign stealing stuff that's going on now, you know, runners are trying to pick signs, so for catchers we have a you know like a sign sequence where multiple signs are put down and you the pitcher knows the code to it basically to be able to tell what to throw well with the pitch clock you only have enough time to put down one pitch like one one set of signs so you're forced to throw that pitch the pitcher doesn't have control to shake it off or to change pit change the pitch because you simply don't have enough time or else you're going to get auto ball so I mean, that's, that's the thing that I have the, the biggest problem with. You know, if there's a hitter up there and, you know, you see or you know something that you want to throw, the catcher puts down the sign for another pitch. Well, you can't shake or else, you know, you're toast. It's a ball. So you're forced to throw one pitch. I think that takes away from the game a lot. Um, you know, obviously the hitter is rushed. He feels rushed. The pitcher feels rushed. I think it's decreasing the quality of the game. I think, you know, I think it does speed up the game a little bit but in the wrong sense, I think it's taken away from the product on the field.
1: And what's something that I think major league baseball just doesn't understand is, is doing these implementation of the pitch clock is not going to attract younger viewers, like, which is what they're trying to do. If I'm a kid, I already know that when I go to a baseball game, I'm going to be there for three and a half hours or three hours. I'm that's just automatic in my mind. I know that's going to happen. I'm not thinking, man, I wish they had a pitch clock here. So this could be, two hours and 50 minutes like it, it doesn't make that much of a difference to a younger audience right it really doesn't
2: yeah no you know obviously when I remember when I was younger going to big league games and stuff I wanted them to last forever you know exactly. I didn't want them to, I didn't I didn't want to leave uh you know I showed up you know obviously like your parents would say okay look you get to go to the gift shop and in the, in the sixth inning or whatever you know like that that was just something that like, I don't know, like you just enjoyed being there. I think now people try to make it out to being like a baseball game as a hassle, or it's like something that you have to sit through. Like, obviously that's not the case. You're not showing up thinking, all right, when are we going to leave? You know, I don't, I think that's kind of the wrong idea that's getting, you know, put out about it, but you know, a three hour game is, is pretty normal. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think People that go to the game, you know, want to be there for a good bit. Obviously, you want to see a lot of action. And I think baseball now with home runs, you know, going through the roof and everything, you know, I think it's perfectly fine.
1: Yeah. No, it's crazy. I mean, have you – and you mentioned you have uh, friends that play with the Orioles in the big leagues and stuff. Have they talked to you about the ball? Because, like, I t- I'm pretty close with Musgrove, and I talked to Musgrove a pretty good amount of times. And he says every single ball that he grabs is different. It, do- it doesn't make any sense to him. He's like, I'll grab a ball – on like the second inning, and I'll be like, this is a pearl. Like this is perfect. And then I'll grab one in the third or the fourth. And I'm like, I can't get a grip of this. I can't feel this. So have they talked to you about the ball up there as well?
2: Yeah. Um, but that's something we see in AAA as well. Um, you know, so AAA uses the same baseballs as in the big leagues, or at least they say, um, (laughs) but the seams on every single baseball are different. Obviously they're handmade or supposed to be handmade. Um, You'll get some baseballs that legitimately feel like a youth ball, like a high school ball. The seams are big. They're raised. And then you'll get some balls where it feels like it doesn't even have seams on it. Uh, Some are, like, textured different than others. Obviously, they rub them up with the the Mississippi mud or whatever it's called to, you know, kind of give them that darker look. But they all feel different. I feel like sometimes the baseballs feel like they're different sizes. Um, You know, we've held up two baseballs before, and you can – like physically see that they're two different baseballs, like two different sizes. Um, and I think they all feel different in your hands. I think that's why you see a lot of guys will get a baseball a pitcher and he'll throw it out automatically. You know, sometimes the umpires get frustrated with them, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's different balls.
1: Have you figured out what number you're going to be? Like how they, like, what number were you in spring training? Do you know?
2: Uh, 85.
1: Oh God.
2: Me and Chad Ocho <laughs> Um, yeah. But, uh, no, spring training numbers are a little bit different. Um, you know, obviously, guys without uh, any time in the big leagues obviously get the, the numbers in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've put a little bit of thought into it. Obviously, really, just whatever's available. Um, you know, I was number 16 uh, growing up, little league and you know, all through high school and stuff. Uh, obviously, that's Mancini's number. So I won't be touching that anytime soon. But, um, no, nah, I mean, I think, ever since I was in pro ball, my first number was 36. Uh, I had that into my first full season as well. And then in double a, I had 30. Um, so I would say just thir- 30 or 36 or anything in the thirties would work for me, you know, I'm really not too picky.
1: So. Okay. Okay. So that, that's going to be the breaking news here. So whenever that debut happens, I'm going to clip that and be like, it was actually first reported is going to be 30 or 36 on this podcast. <laughs> so we're going to get the, we're going to get the big J credit here, but no dude, in my mind. Pitchers were meant to be in the 30s. Like, obviously, I'm very biased because of Doc Holliday in Toronto. He was number 32. But in the 30s, I'm like, this guy carves in the mound. I, I, it's just something about the numbers. What number are you in Norfolk? Uh, 30. 30. Okay. Yeah. So I think, so I don't know if 30s already taken um, for the Orioles. I have no idea, but, um, yeah, that's that's, an, that's, an all, that's a league number right there. And you mentioned uh, Mancini and stuff like that. Have you got the chance to, like, talk with these guys, like Cedric Mullins, Mancini? Like, what are they, like, off the field? Are they good dudes? Oh, yeah. No, they're
2: phenomenal. I think that clubhouse is, you know, one of the best ones. Obviously, boom. Uh, you know, is a great dude. Um, you know, what he's been through is something else. Um, and I think only him would be able to get through it. But, uh, you know, Cedric. Uh, you know, he's a great dude. Uh, Funny story about that. So, you know, DL Hall, one of my best friends another top prospect we have uh, left-handed guy throws a hundred. It's unbelievable. Um, But he's coming back, I guess from an injury that he had last year, Um, kind of a, you know, weird instance, but uh, now in spring training, he was getting back throwing the hitters in the box. And uh, one day, You know, I went out and watched him throw a live VP, and he was throwing against uh, Mancini, uh, (laughs) Hayes, and Mullins. So those were the three hitters that they had out there for him, live VP, obviously, you know, three of our best. And uh, like I said, you know, he's he's an electric pitcher, Um, and he he struck out all three of them in a row. The first three times he faced them, he punched them. And so we were sitting there like, holy crap. Well, then – Cedric gets back up for a second at bat, and we're like, all right, well, we'll see it second time around. Cedric takes a pitch, and then the next one, Cedric parked on top of the batting cages out in <laughs> that field for a homer. And uh, so, obviously, it was a great outing. You know, Cedric was the only one that got him, but you know, that kind of goes to show you like Cedric, like I mean, that, that dude obviously you saw what he did last year. I think he was the only big leaguer in the 30 30 club. Um, but I, I went and got the ball that he hit. It was just laying out next to the batting cages. <laughs> I went and picked it up, and I had Cedric sign it. I said, look, I said, I'm said i going to give this to DL. And he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to sign it because, uh, because I wrote on the baseball. I said, here's Sed's homer for you, buddy. And uh, he wouldn't sign it. And I was like, Cedric, I was like, he's been talking crap to me all week. I said, this is something good that I'm going to get him back. So finally, I talked Cedric into signing the ball. But Cedric, Cedric signed it and then I wrote on it and I uh, left it in his locker for him. And he FaceTimed me. So, like, I don't know, after you get done pitching, you know, you got to go lift and you got to do, yeah. like, arm care stuff. And I had already left the ballpark and then he FaceTimed me and he yelling at me and stuff. It was pretty funny. But uh, – Nah, so far, so far, that's been the best prank we've pulled on each other.
1: That's so electric. That's such a like got you prank. Like he can't. There's no coming back from that unless you give up a home run and he gets that signed. Like, yeah. There's really no coming back for that from DL Hall. It's just a really tough look. Like you kind of one upped him like to a point where it's I don't know how I'm going to be able to get this guy back. But it, it, it is the prank wars are electric. And uh, we were talking. You said you mentioned Ocho Sanko earlier. You become a big Baltimore Ravens guy. Is that like, are you pandering to the Baltimore fans or are you actually like a Baltimore Ravens fan? Like, where did this come from?
2: So, you know, I was a Texans fan growing up. Obviously, you know, my parents weren't really big Cowboys fans. So, uh, you know, brother was a big Texans fan. But, uh, you know, obviously the kind of situation, dumpster fire they've got going on down there in Houston, that's kind of tough to watch. And yeah. obviously being – being drafted by the Orioles and stuff. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you know about the Ray Lewis era in Baltimore, um, Justin Tucker, uh, friend of mine that I got to meet last year. Um, you know, he's from Texas as well, both of us born in Houston. So that was kind of cool, but, uh, you know, getting to meet him and, and, you know, like you're saying, you know, I started paying attention to the Ravens just a couple of years ago, you know, obviously one day we're going to be playing for Baltimore. Uh, so you might as well know what's going on over in M and T bank, but, uh, you know, I mean, I've I've had a lot of fun following them. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's an electric player. Um, you know, they've got a they've got a group of young guys. Um, so, you know, it's it's been pretty fun to watch.
1: What's your relationship like? Because I you do mention Justin Tucker. I mean, so are, are you? Would you guys consider him like? Would you consider him like a friend of yours or like a good friend of yours? Like, how, where's that relationship at?
2: Um, you know, obviously it's kind of in the beginning stages. Um, you know, I tweeted at him a little bit last year, uh, while I was warming up, it looked like I was kicking and, uh, obviously he answered it. And, you know, I've got some friends that know him. Uh, so I was able to go over to his house last year, uh, you know, when they were in, I guess, training camp, uh, you know, before the season started and, you know, he signed and gave me a helmet. So, uh, you wow. know, that's a lot of fun. You know, I've got something in the works for him, uh, coming up, you know, the next time I see him, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Hopefully it takes off,
1: dude. He's a legend, man. I mean that when you talk about, if you could redraft Justin Tucker, I genuinely, I'm not pumping his tires. I genuinely do think he would be like a, like a first, first to third overall pick. He's such a game changer. It's insane. I mean, is he, he's a humble guy. I'm assuming just like a normal dude.
2: Oh yeah, no, he's
1: phenomenal. Um,
2: you know, we pulled up to his house and he's got his son in the backyard kicking balls off a of tee. Uh, you know, it's pretty cool <laughs> to see. But uh, but no, I mean, he's like you said, he's a game changer. There's something about him when he goes out. You know, in the fourth quarter to seal the deal. You know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I think there was a stat um, after the 66 yard field goal that he kicked in Detroit last year uh, that set the record, but. I think it was a video of all the game winning kicks that he had in his career. And it was like a four minute long video. (laughs) And it's like, like I said, it's clips. Like they're not, but like 10 to 15 second clips. And when you put, you know, four minutes of that together, I mean, there's quite a bit of games that he's won, you know, on his own.
1: Yeah. He's a freak. But uh, the last thing that I want to talk about here is obviously if you are I'm, you're a – we're going to say you're a fan of the podcast. We've had, we have a lot of mutual friends in the podcast. You're a fan of the official podcast. We're going to the moon. I need to know when your debut is happening. I, I don't know if it's like – I'm not asking to be in the family section because I'm, I'm actually – I've gotten into the vlogs lately. And I will vlog Bryce's thoughts debut because he's my guy for a very long time. And it was just a lecture. I'm obsessed with debuts now. I love going to my guys debuts and I would say we're pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you a good friend of mine. I'm going to, I'm going to put that tab on us. So I need to somehow not know first, but I need to be one of those guys where it's like, Johnny, if you're not in Baltimore for my debut or wherever it's at, you're dead to me. I just need you to kind of kind of acknowledge that and say that to me at some point.
2: You know, I mean, obviously I don't think you'd be dead to me if you weren't there. Um, Cause <laughs> You know, one of my good friends, Kyle Bradish, just debuted for the Orioles, you know. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's not like they give you <clears> – <throat> it's not like they give you a week's notice. So, uh, you know, his family's obviously from Arizona um, or California, wherever he's from. But, yeah. uh, you know, they – he got to the ballpark one day. He was supposed to pitch tomorrow, the, the next day. And they showed up and they go, hey, man, you know, you're going to the big leagues. <laughs> and, you know, obviously <laughs> that's a pretty special moment. But, you know, you're throwing tomorrow. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that have to change in order for his family to get out there and for him to get there and everything. But I don't know. That's just something that's always happened with the game of baseball. You know, I mean, it's really just the next day's notice.
1: Yeah. And I'm not asking you to reinvent the wheel. I just need a text like get in your Hyundai Sonata 2012 that might not make it to Baltimore. And you're going to be at the debut. Cause my job is pretty lenient with my hours and stuff like that. So I'll be there. Like I, just so you know, I will, I'm obsessed with the debuts. I was at Bryson thoughts. I drove 16 hours, eight there, eight back. So I'm going to do it for Grayson Rodriguez. I will be there. And I'm not even asking you, I don't even want a ticket. I want to be in the fucking bleed. I want to be in the five hundreds with the, with the common fan. I just want to know when you're going to be there when, when that debut is happening. And I mean, best case scenario it happen in Toronto. That's I mean, that would just be obviously best case scenario, but I need to know when that's going to happen because you're my guy now. So I will be there with a shirt. I don't know if you saw the Jameson tie on shirt I made yesterday, but I will be at that debut and I'm fired up for you, man, because obviously we started, we, we kind of became friends when you were in a ball. I believe it is or high a ball. And now you're in triple yeah. a one step closer to the show. It's just looking back on it. And we talked about looking back on stuff. It's crazy to me that like how f- far you've come from the last time you've been on the show. You're literally one step away now.
2: Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, you know, minor league baseball is something else. You know, obviously, I was drafted in 2018. I think, you know, I talked to you in 19 or, yeah, or whenever. I think it was and, 19. You know, obviously, 19. <clears throat> yeah. So, no, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, man. So, anyways, like I said, I mean, obviously, you will. This episode, I will say for the people, this is going to give you a better look at Grayson Rodriguez as the person because obviously you're more open up with me now because we're more familiar with each other and all that kind of stuff. It was electric. I'll be honest with you. I love clipping stuff from the episodes, and this there's going to be like five or six like hilarious clips that I'm going to be able to clip from this episode. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. The birthday episode. I believe this is the second one ever because last year was on like a a Monday or whatever it was. So like I said, I appreciate you coming on for the second edition of the birthday episode. You're electric. I can't wait for that debut, man. Keep throwing it. And like I said, that debut, I will be there.
2: Yeah. I appreciate it. Can't wait to see you.
1: Thank you for listening to officially unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at a fish on a fish pod and on Instagram at officially unofficial pod. Thank you.